Today on episode 469 of the I Am Salt Lake podcast, we get a chat with our friend Mason Atlas. Mason Atlas is a local Salt Lake City tattoo artist and the owner of the Hive Tattoo Shop here in Salt Lake City. We get a chat and find out what brought him to Utah. We get to find out what got him interested in tattooing. We get to find out about some of the stuff he likes to do outside of tattooing, which kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, he does some really cool community stuff. We're going to get into all of that here shortly. We are. And before we do, we should probably introduce ourselves. Probably. My name is Chrissy Hollifield. And my name is Chris Hollifield. And we're the hosts of the show. Thank you for joining us. If you're if you're a longtime listener, thank you again for coming back. If you're a new listener, you might be wondering what the show is all about. Well, this show is about showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City, Utah. We get to talk to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. And I want to talk about one of our awesome sponsors. This is where I go and get all of my haircuts, my beard trims, Salt Lake Barber Company. I love them. I've been going there for five years or so. I got maybe even more than five years. I've been going over there and getting haircuts from Isaac. Great guy. The Salt Lake Barber Company, they're located at 10 East, 800 South, right on the corner of 800 South in Maine. The Salt Lake Barber Company, they offer haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves. They do take walk-ins, but you can get a guaranteed appointment by going directly to their website. If you just type in saltlakebarberco.com in your web browser, it'll take you to the website. Super easy to set up an appointment. Just select your services, your barber, you get a guaranteed time. But like I said, if you do need to walk in, you can give it a try. Try them out. Let me know what you think. And many thanks to the Salt Lake Barber Company for sponsoring this episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Alrighty, here's that conversation that we had with Mason Atlas. It was awesome. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. I want to start right with you, man. Like, what got you even into tattooing? Like, let's start right at the beginning of your story there. I think it's like, it's rather a cute story because there's a lot of things that I really enjoyed that don't really exist anymore. And and one of them, and I'll allude to it real quickly, is like bookstores, right? Bookstores don't exist anymore. And so when I was like a young scallywag growing up in South Florida, we would get done with school, which was right by the beach. And if there was no waves, we'd go to the bookstore and we would just sit in the or quickly find the most comfortable chair there because it was always first to be taken and grab as many tattoo magazines as possible and many graphic novels and just sit and devour it. You know, we were we were young kids who finally got our cars and we we thought we were adults, but yet we couldn't get tattooed and we couldn't buy beer. But somehow, obviously, you find it. Right. <laughs> and so this tattooing was like the next stage of growth. It was the next stage of what would signif- like make you signify that you were an adult. And so I was just enamored by it. We didn't grow up like too restrictive, although I grew up in a, a very strong religious family. Um there was some issues later on that came up about tattooing and, and our family's beliefs, but I didn't really feel it at that time. So I wasn't pressured because it was this alt thing that I had to do. It was more like, I looked at it like real magic. Like when you'd go to a kid's uh, birthday party and they had a magician, there was, there was some kind of trick behind the, behind the curtain. Right. But tattooing it, worked it was there and you couldn't do anything to get rid of it and i was just like that's real magic and then to hear that had been around forever i was like it's got to be real and Mm -hmm. and to me even when i wanted to learn and was starting to learn i still thought there was this huge veil that i was never going to get to be behind 
and know what was really going on and see the wizard behind the curtain. And so I just, I just looked at it like it, I don't know. It was just the coolest thing ever. I know people do that with cars sometimes and, and, and other things, but for me it was tattooing and I was just dead set on doing it. Now I did a lot of things that really kept me from tattooing, but I knew I was going to do it at some point. Now, what did you mean? Some, you did things that kept you from tattooing like other jobs, you mean? Yeah. Other jobs, other things that you do in life that you got this goal in mind and, and it's all you really think about. And you, you sometimes knock it off. It's like, Oh, that's just what we do while we're at the bookstore. But for me, it was really like, I just was, and these were bad tattoos. This was like early nineties. I was, I'm 40 now. So I was, I graduated in 99. So from like 95 to 96 or no, I'm sorry, from 95 to like 99, I was just, looking at old biker tattoos and still amazed by it, you know, and to see how much it's come from that time period to where we're now, where we're at now, it's, it's incredible. So that's why I say I was looking at bad tattoos because I, I judge me, the work that I did back then and the tattoos that were done, they were just bad. We didn't know, Mm -hmm. we didn't know what art was. It was just a gang of people that had a crappy machine that made it work. And, and I don't know, I just enjoyed the culture. So to get back to your your question is, yeah, I had crappy jobs. I didn't have like a huge support system around me that really like nourished that. I didn't even know that it was a, a possibility. And so I just kept doing things that kept getting me off of track from where I wanted to be. And then finally, it just clicked one day and I was like, no, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to have to do that. And, and that was a long road. But it, then when I got focused, it, there was no turning back. It was going to happen. That's awesome. So you were like enamored. The the But I didn't even know that initially. I was. Yeah. That's the problem. Like I didn't even know. So like if you knew me, you wouldn't be like, Mason, you should do this. Did you have like a formal education with art or self-taught or how I did. And I did. And I don't think that I realized that the two of those were going at the same on the same path. Like it just it didn't click for me because I, I was just this kid that I enjoyed gymnastics. I enjoyed surfing. I enjoyed playing sports. I enjoyed doing well in school. Like I just had all these other avenues that people would see me and and start saying, you should go down this one. You should go down this one. And I was just a young kid wanting to live. So I was like, all right, I trust you. I'm going to do that. And then a couple months, a couple years into something, you're like, I don't really like that. And so I never really did it for me until I like sat and thought about it one day. And I'm like, that's what Mason wants. And when that happened, there was no stopping me. Like literally there was no stopping me at all. Now, are you, are you married and with kids and all that too? I am. And is your wife pretty supportive of your tattooing? I guess. <laughs> if she almost, gets free ones, she better read. Almost to a fault because <laughs> she's awesome. like, she thinks she gets the homie hookup now, you know, she's like, <laughs> she loves the tattoos. She thinks she could get in whenever she wants, which she kind of can, but it's, you know, I've got this schedule and I've got these amazing clients that I talk to for weeks to months and plan their tattoo. And she's like, I just want to do this today. Let's do it today. And I'm like, it's my day off, babe. Like, I thought we were going to do this thing together as a family. She goes, nah, I want my tattoo and you know how to tattoo. So obviously that should work. So yeah, I am married. Um, we tried to make 2020 an awesome year for us. And I got married this year. And then the birth of my, my first child was this year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. I saw, I saw it you. on your Instagram so and a, I'm just squishy baby. A so brand cute. new Super father. Cushy. 
Yeah, yes. congratulations. At 40. At 40. Dude, that's, that's when I had my, yeah. my first kid. Chris had his, yeah. You guys High have five, a lot in bro. common. So, awesome. you know, now she's three and a half. So that was three and a half years ago. So when you're and, like totally losing your mind in about two years, yeah. give him a call. <laughs> I'm totally losing my mind now. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's you true. Don't know. It's not Seriously, like you're sleeping. Like, I know it's, it's, it's funny, but my life, when I do something, I do it. And I didn't plan on doing this. So I have a wonderful wife, an amazing stepson. He's 14. And I've known him since he was like seven, eight years old and been very involved in his life and, and, and enjoy every moment of it. Right. So I got him coming of age. I've got this daughter now that you just got to make sure she doesn't kill herself because that's the whole goal. They just try to kill themselves every day. And then <laughs> I have this there's actually a shop. game of that. What? There's What's actually, that? there's, there's a video game where that's all you do is the baby's trying to kill itself and you chase the baby around the house. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of that. And your life meter is dependent on the sleep that you got beforehand. And if you didn't get it, then you're not as quick to get the baby. In, and then like all the chaos ensues. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, much baby my life. in the oven, man. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's awesome. You. So she, so she's crawling. So I got this wonderful tattoo shop and last year I picked up what we call a junior, which is traditionally known as an apprentice, but we could get into that more later. But I have a junior now that I've, I've graduated. He's been at it for a year. Um, and I still take a lot of tutelage or I still give him a lot of tutelage. We talk and dissect tattoos all the time, but we're at a different level. On top of that, I started a program where I had about 25 auditioning artists in the Salt Lake City area that want to be tattoo artists. I put together an eight week long course that really focuses on creativity. It's not necessarily about how to tattoo. And I was vetting artists. I wanted to meet them. I wanted to get to know them. I wanted to see what they were all about before I decided that I wanted to teach them. And in doing so, I ended up with two amazing juniors. So I got a 14-year-old. I got a 10-month-old. I got a junior that's graduated a year. And now I have two other juniors that are starting tattoo. So now I'm like the full-on like old wizard teaching all the crazy magic tricks to all of these people. And it's exhausting, but it's also like, it makes you have so much ownership of everything that you do. And I love it. And I'm glad that I'm 40 doing it. Cause at 20, everybody would be screaming at me and everything would go like the whole thing would burn down. Exactly. Dude, 40 is a magical age, man. And I was going to say, you know, even being a new father at 40, like be grateful. Cause it's like, you're, you're, you're a little more uh, mature, you know? You can really enjoy it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. So fatherhood and uh, teaching youngins so, to tattoo. So where's your shop at, man? Where's uh, let's give the address and all that stuff for listeners. Right on. Um, we we nestled ourselves into a really cool spot at the base of Parley's Canyon. We're in Mill Creek right next to Milo oh, yeah. and Salty Peaks. Uh, Mill Creek Diner is directly across from us. It's a brand new building. We were like the first tenants in our suite. So we really got to like make this space our own. And I love that we're over here because it's, it's easy to get in and out via the highway, but it's far enough from everybody else that I'm not on anybody's toes. I'm not trying to be a part of any little thing. Not that that's a problem, but we've got our own little area. It's in a tiny little, I call it a quiet town because we get so many cool locals that come through. We get people from park city and we get travelers from all over the state. So I I really love our location because I think it presents us with some of the best clients. So what even brought you to Utah? I didn't, we didn't even get there. Cause you were talking about, <laughs> you were talking about Florida. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, let's connect this there for a little bit for even people listening. So, cause you've been here, what you said it like a year, right? 
We've been here for four years now. Oh, no, no, no. no the, 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 you got, you've been married. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been There's married a year. Numbers. Tattoo shop's been here, too. Okay. And okay. then uh, my wife and I, we, we moved here, obviously not married, if everybody out there is good at math, uh, when we were <laughs> dating. And we moved here together as a boyfriend and girlfriend. And that was about four years ago. Now, why? But why? Why did you come to Utah? Now, it's funny you said you wanted to tie all this together. You just actually are going to open up Pandora's box because the reason we moved out here is I was very involved in, in base jumping and skydiving and paragliding and extreme sports. So I was like, I want to be in the Mecca. I want to be in the area where I can get the most out of this. And this is all pre-dad idea, pre-owning a shop idea, pre-stepdad idea. And came out here and just was pursuing that with the gaggle of cool friends that I have that all base jump and do extreme sports. And like Florida doesn't have mountains. Let's just put it that way. They don't have mountains. And I don't want to climb towers to jump off of them on some farmer's land that's illegal. <laughs> and Utah just offers, if you could do it, Utah says, go for it. If you're going to be responsible, Utah keep, like lets you be the one that puts like a break on something that you should or shouldn't do. And I just like that about this state, you know, not a lot of other places in the union will have that same kind of freedom for you to explore nature. That's interesting. That's, you know, it's interesting to find out, like, especially all the people that we've chatted with on this podcast, everybody has such a different reason on what brings them to the area. And it's so fascinating. So fascinating. And yeah. more and more, you know, different types of people. I mean, there used to be really just one type of person here. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but it is interesting how many people have transferred here oh. or transitioned to here for the great outdoors. Yeah. I think that's kind of a lot of the number one reasons people come out here. And then I wouldn't be doing this place like justice because I would like to be considered a local because I'm a transplant. I'm going to have to go on record saying to everybody else that's listening and thinking about Salt Lake City, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> Don't come. We hate Traffic's it. Traffic's terrible. <laughs> we have no good Mexican food. You know what I mean? Like, d just don't do it. Like, it's just a bad place. Like, everybody's leaving California. Maybe you should go to California. So that's just my PSA <laughs> to everybody else that wants to come here so that I don't get blamed if people just start finding out that this place is rad. Because it's not. It's not rad. It's not rad. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's the worst. It's blowing Utah up. sucks. Over, I know. Dude, even over the last four years that you've been here, you must have seen a lot of growth over the last four years. Yes. And I've, I've been coming here for about almost seven, eight years as a guest artist working at different shops around town. Okay. And within that time period, and I'll just use Sugar House as like my litmus test. When I first started coming here, Sugar House, I believe was affordable. It was easy to ride your bike. There was tiny little bars that you could get to. There was no big thing going on in Sugar House. And I've just watched that place just get slammed. And it's, it's still it's hanging on to its culture, but it's just, it, it's, it's a whole nother beast now, you know? And so just watching that little area do that, then knowing flying the point of the mountain in Draper and knowing that there was no houses out there and they had, used to have that, what is it? The Widowmaker motorcycle track that used to go up the side. Do you, do you guys remember that? Are no, you, are you I don't know it? of that. I'm not, I'm not a motorcyclist. So yeah. So, like all the, all the dirt bike, the, the, you know, the, the, the crusties would all go ride out there and, and, and it was just this cool area. And then you could paraglide out there before like the mining started tearing apart that sign. It's still there, but then there's a lot of houses and then we got the Silicon slopes. So I've watched this whole place, like just really, really develop. And, and I feel like 
this city has the makings of a Portland mixed with a Seattle mixed with an Austin and just kind of meddled up into a, a desert area, you know, and we have an opportunity to become one of the great American cities because I feel being on the ground level now and, and tattooing and talking to people, we got, we got some really cool things going on here. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we're going to take just a minute and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors, utahmarijuana.org. Oh my gosh. I love talking about these guys. And I know you love talking about them too, Chrissy. I really do. Hey, utahmarijuana.org. They are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I don't know if you guys are listening to my other podcast I do with Tim, Utah in the Weeds. If you're not subscribed, go give it a listen. It's a good, it's a good show. UtahMarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts, they make getting your medical card super easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to the I Am Salt Lake listeners. Use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Yeah, take advantage of that. Yeah, man, I did. And if you're in the West Valley City area, check this out, utahmarijuana.org. They have an office located there just for you at 3615 West, 1987 South, Building 8, right in West Valley City. So depending on where you're at in the valley, they have an office near you. Isn't it time that you took control of your own health? utahmarijuana.org. Feel better. What do you like the most about tattooing? Like, what is it about tattooing that you, that you, or is that kind of too hard of a, of a question? What drives you in the morning? I used to, I used to think that I knew the answer. So I'm going to go with maybe it's always evolving, but where I'm at now for what I really love about it, it's, it's, it's straight up storytelling for me. Okay. Like I work best with people who want to tell a story and it used to get shunned like when I would take that kind of approach with my clients and I was working in different shops, cause I've, I've worked all over the world. A lot of the people would be like, man, why do you try to get so personal with everybody? Like you should just get them in, get them out. And I was like, no, nah, I really enjoy it. And I would develop these narratives, these tattoos that have, I want to give you a short answer, but it's going to kind of get a little long here. I try to do tattoos that have three different viewpoints. One, when somebody sees you at the store, they can look at it and they're like, that's cool. And you're like, thanks. And then conversation's over. All right. So that's level one. Level two would be, hey, that's really cool. What is that about? And then you don't know this person. You're like, oh, let me tell you. Right. You have a cool conversation. Doesn't take too long. And then you're out. And then the third level is the one where you got somebody who's who's somebody like you feel you really want to share with. And now you have this visual image as like a map on your arm to help give you the verbal or get you, give you the visual cues to tell your story. And so you can go more in depth based on the relation you have to this person. So I try to tattoo for those three different scenarios. And it's the storytelling part that really has me right now. And I've, I've just enjoyed it. And I've, I've had the best customers to really fortify that idea. And and I haven't seen too many people, or, or maybe I haven't talked to too many people that do it, but I think that's a valid way to tattoo. I love it. I love that because it's, for me, I'm one of the people, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people. Some people just want tattoos. 
But that's cool. For me, it's an expression of who I am and what I love and my experiences. And so for me, some like that, that's a, a really cool motivation because, you know, it's very personal. It's a personal thing you have forever. So imagine the guy that just wants to tattoo to make somebody a hot rod, right? That's all he wants to do. He just wants to make it look cool. That's it. And then somebody comes in with some deep meaning and he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to get paid. And then he's like, yeah, whatever. We'll put that in there. They're not really getting it. They're not, those two people aren't matching up. I'm the other guy that provides the other service. Like, I don't want to just tattoo people to be hot rods. I want to do rad looking things, but have that story behind it. So I'm now finding business in a place to be that guy. So when people feel like they haven't connected with their guy because they want to take it to a serious level, I don't mind it. Other artists don't like it. Nothing's wrong or right about it. But I've, I've found that niche and I've been supported by the customers that really want to see it. Everybody else up until the last couple of years is like, dude, just you draw cool stuff, just do cool stuff. And I just, it never, it never felt fulfilling enough for me. Man, you got to love your job, man. You got to love oh, your yeah. job. And, and challenging yourself is, is an amazing, like loving the challenge is really yeah. cool. Well, let me ask you guys, what do, what do you guys do? What, what would be like a hobby that you do? that doesn't get any notoriety that you're just absolutely in love with this podcast, man. Hey, <laughs> what? This podcast gets notoriety. They'd be talking about this. I've been talking to people that know about that. Yeah. 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 Sure. 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 Um, a hobby that doesn't get notoriety, you know, I mean, I'm something stupid. Like what is something that you're like, I love replanting plants like that. Okay, cool. Like that's weird. But like, is there something that's so like off the kind of, you would think that like everything I do is and everything I'm thinking of like okay, barbecuing. That's like pretty like that's, yeah, you, not, that's Chris goes a hundred percent with anything that he currently gets interested in. So he can really thoroughly understand it. So, so do that's you feel really supported? cool. Do you feel supported in the fact that you go a hundred percent with stuff? Do you have people around you that are like all about it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think so. Most people support me with whatever I, you know, try to go after. I've never really. You know, of course, you have the people on the outside that really there's always the I naysayers. wouldn't even consider of a, a friend, but they're kind of, you know, talking crap. And well, imagine barbecuing every day with people and they're telling you that's wrong. You shouldn't yeah. do it. Like yeah, that. no, that's I, what I was going through for years. I'm around people that I thought love the same thing I do. And they're like, bro, what are you doing that for? Don't do that. Like, just get it done. Get it over with you know, do your job, get them in, get them out kind of thing. And I'm paraphrasing, but I'm serious. Like, think about that. Think about the thing that you love as a hobby, as a passion. And then you're around people that you think love it too. And all they want to do is say, no, nah, that's wrong. So like in that situation, what did you do? Because I think most people when they're like, nope, that's wrong. Do it the way that you're supposed to do it would just kind of get crushed and just fall in line and just be like, okay, fine. I bided my time. I yeah. bided my time. I, I I bit my lip when possible, which anybody who knows me, it doesn't last very long. And I traveled a lot. I, I just started seeking other shops and starting learning what worked and what didn't. And I, I tried to find more people cut from the same cloth. And and I did. And it's it's a very small number. And but I I started to see it and and those people are great friends of mine now. And I was like, wait, it's there. So when I started to see it and I moved to Salt Lake City and I realized like this city, I mean, I'm not letting the cat out of the bag. Everybody knows that there's a, a certain kind of vibe that this city tends to overlay and have, whatever you want to call it. There, there might be a passive aggressive attitude sometimes. And I was like, 
what a great challenge to come here, do all the things I love in the outdoors, and then succeed in business with that opposing factor. Because I've been facing it my whole life and following my passion. I'm going to start a business here. So now I have, I could be He-Man and now I'm going up against Skeletor. Like I had an adversary and I was like, I want to do this tattooing in Salt Lake City, which everybody around the world thought I was stupid to come here and open up a shop. They're like, why would you do that there? In the most conservative city in America. No, wait, it there's no be. way. It can be. <laughs> but yeah, but it's, it's kind of has me, a reputation. It's also brought me such wonderful people that I found that were also living in this conservative kind of city or however we want to call it. We all know that there's there's a certain attitude or a certain spice to this place that we all have dealt with, right? Mm-hmm. And I came here and said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And I said, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb. I'm going to do it my way. And what happened is, I started really gathering all these other people that are like, I was like a, a buoy or a life preserver. They're like finally not having to tread water. And they're like, wait, oh, you're here. You're doing this too. I want to go and work with you or I want to get tattooed by you. So I started finding that there was just way more people out here that handled that other adverse side of the city. And that's what even made me love it more. So like this place is so multicultural. It's so deep. And, and what it has to offer. Man, you realize everybody's going to move here now. That's yeah, like, way to go. I know, but just <laughs> cut this out. Let's edit this out because you, you guys are really good at that, right? And let's just keep that other part where I say Utah sucks. <laughs> See, that is the conundrum, though. It's so hard to to be like, we. Can, I, I have that dilemma, too. And it's like, you guys got to see how cool it is here. But then also... Do you really do we really want a ton of people moving here? Because then it'll change what it is. Yeah. It's it's a very difficult conundrum. It is. And and it's not for everybody because there's a few people that come out here and they're like, they love it, but they're like, I'd never do it. Obviously, they're not here. They don't live here, right? And I've got a lot of people that came out here and go, Oh my God, this this is really something for me out here. And they're willing to take that kind of certain plants grow in the desert. There's a reason for that. They got what it takes to survive there and to thrive. Other plants just can't do it. And to move out here, you got to figure out if you're that species or not that can plant your roots and really flourish. If not, this place won't have you. And I knew coming out here that there would be these levels of difficulty, but I never really understood how much I would get from it. And that's been the biggest surprise. That's where tattooing has been so supportive of that. And and I'm really starting to see as a new father how this world is so interconnected and, and kind of built for you if you let it happen. If you're not the master of it and you're the servant to your creativity and to your drive and you let that guide you and you support it, it gives you more than you ever could have imagined. I like that. Utah sucks, by the way. (laughs) Utah sucks. Follow your passion. The end. (laughs) Who who would you say are the artists and like uh, illustrators that have influenced you the most with your tattoo work? So I'll just I'll just really start like dating myself and just just make sure everybody knows that I come from the old school, which I actually thought when I started tattooing that I was in the new school because old school was out and new schools actually started when I started tattooing. I had nothing to do with that, by the way. I'm not saying I did it, so don't get it twisted. But I was around in that era and the people I looked up to were the new school. But I'm going to date myself and go back and be like Dungeons and Dragons. They had these illustrators Julie Bell and Jusco, I believe, and Marvel collected comic book cards. Those were like the things, these illustrators, these oil painters that took real life and then merged it into this superhero fantasy stuff 
were like the biggest influences on me. Heavy Metal Magazine, any of those illustrators, R. Crumb, I love that stuff. Like when I was younger and my dad would trip out about cartoons, Tex Avery is probably my biggest influence because he, he would do political satire in his cartoons, but yet they were made for kids. This is before Pixar, right? This is single, this is cell animation, hand-drawn stuff. And I think that hard work with very little like payout was the stuff that I really looked up to. And so I kind of like took in their imagery as well as their work ethic into all the things that I did. Do you get a paint very often or draw very often, or is it just pretty oh much tattooing no. that's been keeping you no. busy? No, no. And I say that with my hands covering my eyes, pushing them in and just like, no, because it's like, it sucks, man. I, I really wish I did. The one of the things that I did to help alleviate that and to paint and draw for myself is we started a class at the tattoo shop, at my shop, The Hive. We have a figure drawing class that we host. It's pretty much every Monday. We've had a couple snafus because of COVID, but we have a model that comes in. It's pretty much open to anybody. We, we'd like if people get a hold of us first because of COVID so we can make sure we're not filling the room with a lot of people. And then we hire a model and they stand up on this, this podium that I have and we'll, we'll draw them for 15 minutes, an hour, couple, three minutes, whatever it takes, whatever we want to work on. So I get to do that. And I'd obviously like to take that and start painting with it. But that's about my only like personal fun that I get with drawing. Everything else, I'm doing it for a client. It's nice that you kind of, uh, I like that you knew you had to have a creative outlet for yourself and creating an evening where people come and you hire a model and, you know, you are that you're committing to self-care, but then it's also a commitment too. without a doubt. But it's also, too, I, I really I really stand behind the idea of community and, mm -hmm. and not having one and then starting to see one develop. I was like, I can't leave this. You know, the name, the hive for the tattoo shop wasn't just an accident. It was. Me really looking at this place, obviously it's the Beehive State, and looking at other tattoo shops that had named them something that existed in a different location, right? Everybody's dreaming about being some, somewhere else. And here I am moving in here, moving to this area, and I go, why not celebrate why I'm here? I was like, the Hive, okay, community, that's what I'm really big on. I'd like to do that. I'd like to have that kind of cohesion where everybody's working to build something bigger and that's why I'm not always singing my name and making sure that I'm out there. I'm trying to push the shop because I want the shop to be a place where everybody feels welcome to be more inclusive and to push them further where they want to go creatively. And that's why I did the, the, the program, the eight week program for artists. Although I took two tattoo artists that are now my juniors, the remaining few, three of them now have apprenticeships. So they're, they're becoming tattoo artists as well. There's another two that quit their jobs and are working as professional artists. And it's because of the motivation that we did with this program. It pushed them into places they didn't think they could go, realizing they could, and then said, wow, I think I could dream even bigger. And that was, that was the idea. So having the community, the self-healing of having these nights, inviting other people out to it and not just doing it for myself, again, you get way more back from it. That's way cool. What would you tell somebody listening that maybe they're considering becoming a tattoo artist? Is there any advice that you would give them? What I think they would get from probably like 90% of the tattoo artists before they told them to like fuck off is that they would tell them just to draw, like draw your face off, right? And that's 
that's that's easy. Everybody knows to say that. But what I would say personally, I would I would ask them to to show me what their work is and not just their finished drawings, but show me your process, then I can show you where you need to add steps. You know, everybody wants to get to the easy path. They want to go, how do I become the tattoo artist? I would go right back to the beginning. I go, let me see how you draw. Let me see what you're doing and let me ask you questions. And if I start bridging gaps for you, you're going to start seeing this path a little bit clearer. And if I start giving you a little bit of bump to the left or a bump to the right on what you're choosing to do, then you're going to start seeing your vision get more, more clarity in it. I, I don't think there's one way to do it, but I would start with looking at what's your dedication level? Where are you putting your time? Or how are you spending it? Are you drawing things that are considered, and I do air quotes, tattoos? Like, are you doing roses because that's what you think is a tattoo? Was that like J- Jerry Sailor, Sailor Jerry style? Jerry Sailor, Jerry Sailor. Let's, <laughs> Something let's, like that. Let's give him, that's the younger brother nobody talks about. Get the fuck away from what you think you have to draw and start drawing what really gets you out of bed. Because if you're only trying to do what you think tattooing is, then you're only going to fit to tattooing. But if you draw what you really love, tattooing is going to start finding how it can fit to you. And now tattooing grows. Now tattooing has all these other facets and has all these different people expressing. And then that person might do something that kicks off to somebody else who might be in a a depressed state or not thinking highly about themselves. And then they see it and they get inspired because that person was living an authentic self. It's again, man, it just, it's so cool. And then that person goes, Oh, wow. I didn't believe that you could do that with a tattoo, man. I'm inspired by it. And that's what I would love to see happen. Yeah. That's so, I mean, it's so true. And I like that because you can kind of fit it to anything that you're doing where, uh, be, you know, everyone wants to be authentic. Everyone's trying to be authentic, but really everything that we have around us, like tattooing is really awesome. And there is a way to currently do it, but it's just a tool of expression. So use it to express yourself. And if we can apply that to everywhere, we're all going to like really just enjoy stuff a lot more. Yeah. Be a lot happier people too. Yeah. And make cool shit. Make cool shit. Like when you're, I I use barbecue because we brought it up, but like, I think you understand like if you're barbecuing and you're just doing it because you have to cook for everybody, it's, you you don't have high expectations, but if you're like, man, I really want to cook this thing. I know this person doesn't like spice, but I want to bring spice into their palate and I want them to enjoy the food and I want them to be sincere if they liked it or not. That intention right there is going to come off so strong. And the person who maybe does or doesn't like the food, they're going to give you honest criticism back, but you're not going to be hurt by it because you put yourself out there and they realize that. And then they tell you something honest back. You're like, it'll only make you better. And and then all of a sudden you're like the barbecue guy because you cook for the individual. You you cook for yourself and, you, and, and you're making things happen because that's what you want to see. You're not just filling the plate with meat. Dude, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that we got you on the podcast, man. Like, seriously, you have, you have a lot of, uh, I like your attitude, your attitude with life, you know? You need like an 800 number people can call for a pep talk. (laughs) (laughs) 1-800-MASON. 
don't tell my wife that she's like no don't say that because he already thinks that like don't please she's like, don't please don't do that well let's get to know you a little bit man like if you could Work. learn if you could learn one random skill what would it be just some weird random skill is there like something in the back of your mind sign language okay okay hey. i like it my we sister's have, an interpreter yeah yeah really yeah. it's really cool so do you know any i Barely. I, I used to know it. Can you see my hands but right now? I haven't yes, used I can. it in like two Don't yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> but all, actually, our kids self-taught. The Our two girls, or two of our girls, taught themselves sign language because there was an ABC TV show where one of the characters was deaf. Really? And they, they got so excited about it that they've actually started studying sign language and like taking courses and reading books and stuff. Think about, here's the cool thing I think what probably happens to the kids now is that Knowing the sign language, when they start going into communication with somebody else who doesn't use sound, they shut down that input because they know the other person's not using it and it shows no value of them for them to really use it. So what do they do? They've got all this extra brain capacity to turn up the visual part, to turn up, let's call it the emotive part where they can, they can really feel what somebody's trying to say to them, right? They can, they can be more in the situation because they've kind of cut off this, this constant audio input and they're yeah, learning they how to separate those things. And it probably lowers their heart rate once they're starting to use it. Think about all the other stressors in life that we're, we're uh, acoustically assaulted by. And if we could just kind of shut it down we could lower our heart rate. We could start asking ourselves what's going on internally. We can interpret what other people are saying by their, their body language and their movement. So I'm not saying I wouldn't rather not have my, my hearing, but I'm glad I do. But if I can learn how to turn it off and then open up to a whole group of people that I would never communicate with, think about how they live life that they're going to now perceive things. They're not going to use words like, oh, I hear you. They're not going to use that. And that's a common that's vernacular that we use. And we just, we think that they're going to get that. So now we're hearing how other people live their life, or sorry, we're seeing how other people live their life. And we're doing it in a way where we're kind of immersing into that. And now we've just opened up a whole nother section of our brain of what's possible. Right? So I think sign language. No? Yeah, maybe. No, yeah. I love, there's never been a time though that I've needed to use it though. Right. I, I mean, mean I, I've had that. to a little bit. You don't but... know that. And here's one of the things that I, I do this to people a lot because I, I enjoy teaching dogs like obedience and I, I enjoy learning from dogs because it's really fucking simple. They're not confused by the stuff that comes out of our mouth. We can lie to them in the things that we say, but our body language, which is probably our least controlled communication device that we have on us, our body language omits what we really are trying to say. And dogs are only going to read that, Right. That's why everybody loves a dog that picks up on an asshole. That guy can tell you and sell you the car, right? Snow, snow to an Eskimo, but a dog is going to see right through it because he goes, nah, you're pulling my leg. That's You're full of it. I don't like it. Yeah. And so you've probably done it where you've looked at people and especially right now with what masks are doing to everybody, everybody thinks they're deaf. They're like, what? I can't hear you. We had no idea that we used our visual acuity to read mouths, to read how the lips are squinting and to see what people are saying without the masks on. Now that masks are on, we're like, ah, oh, what did you say? I can't hear you. Out. I'm not going to communicate with you because I can't listen. It does make it a lot harder. Like surprisingly. For those that have never really actually listened for right. those that have used 
audio as their way to take it in, they don't have an issue. But if you didn't realize that you were crossing all these lines to get to communication, then you weren't really building up each individual part the way it should. Like I can look at my 14 year old and just look at him and boom, he's like, uh, I'm going to, I got to go. Right. <laughs> my wife, I love her. She's, she's Latin. She's got a lot of, a lot of pizzazz and she's made out of and dynamite. Right. Yeah. We call it persnippity, not personality, but persnippity. <laughs> so she's got all of this. She likes to be vocal. And she gets on a on a FaceTime chat with her, her family. She starts yelling at them. I'm like, the phone is right there. You don't need to yell. They could see you, but she just wants to be loud. And she has to kind of be vocal to our to her son to get him to calm down. And I just have to look at him because I in it initiated that form of communication with him, with me. And he knows that that thing means what it does in whatever context that I want to use it in. So I think sign language would be really cool because I'd like to speak to people while I'm talking and sign at the same time so that when they start to get to know me, I don't have to yell across a room anymore. I can sign what I need to do and we can talk and we can have our vibe and we can do that without, and you can hear my voice now, I talk every day. We could do that a little bit easier. And so we could use all these other abilities that we have to just communicate in a broader sense, longer distances with people and a little bit easier. Wow. So are you, are you making moves to make it happen? No, you guys just asked, asked me that question. And this is, <laughs> hey, hey, this is, look, I have to put you on the spot a little bit. There's a lot of passion in there. I, I was gonna you, say, you're getting you, me excited. It sounds like you've been putting a lot of thought like, into this. I want to go so, sign now. No, as I'm saying, it's Hi, all my connected. Name is- it's, all, it's all wonderfully connected. If you, if you are not a, a master to your passions, it will have a way to teach you and show you more. And I enjoy communication. So I could have said Spanish, right? Everybody says Spanish. And I just, I remembered a teacher that I had in, in high school where the beginning of school or the beginning of class when we first got with him, he would talk with us, but we didn't know he was signing. He didn't tell us. As the class went on, we would go into class, he would sign, we would sit down. He would sign other things, we would get out our book. He was sitting here training us to start using this. And he slowly pulled things away. And so towards the end of the class, this was my senior year. I asked him, I go, I go, were you, was this your intention the whole time? And he goes, I've been doing this for years. Yeah. I found it to be easier. So I don't have to yell because if I'm going to speak to you, I want it to be clear, concise. And I want to tell you something of value. If I'm going to use my voice to say something, I want to make sure you're at attention. So before I give you that gift of my knowledge, I need to get you set to receive it. And so he would use all these other devices. So if he had to yell to tell us to sit down, then he felt that if he had to yell to tell us something, that it's, it's not the same level. So he wanted us lowered heart rates, open eyes, open minds, open hearts to take in all the things that he was going to teach us. And so instead of him raising his stress level to get him to where we were at, he found ways to bring us down and everybody would... Every, if you talk to anybody in that school, they would say Mr. Walters was the best. He was the absolute best. It didn't help that he had two different colored eyes and wore bright colored shirts. But anyways, he was the best, you know. <laughs> he was just a rad dude. That's awesome. We all remember that one teacher, right? We all remember that one teacher that just stuck out like a sore thumb, right? But Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
like a bright Hawaiian shirt. That's that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for we the Salt Lake City questions? We got some uh, standard Absolutely. Salt Lake City questions that we ask everybody that comes through here, Mason. So of course we got to ask you, buddy. Right, when you have family or friends that come visit, say from Florida or wherever else, right? And they're like, show me around town, show me around the city, take me to the mountains, wherever. Where do you take people? What's the Mason tour? This is funny you ask that because I used to do this with every city that I was in. I really wanted to be a tour guide. I felt if I lived here, I owed it to everybody that lived here as well that visit to to put this city in its best Saturday, in its Saturday best, right? You know? And one of the things that I would do for people that I that were coming from a city or, or, or didn't really get into the outdoors that much is that I got a couple trails. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to blow their spots, but I got a 120 pound Swiss mountain dog that I walk without a leash. And I like taking them to these really cool meandering little spots that are cut back away from the city and take them up in the mountain with my dog and let them see how he reacts to being a dog. Sometimes we take other dogs, sometimes it's, sometimes it's just him, and let them see him in his natural setting. And then I would watch how they start to shed away their presumptive ideas of what Salt Lake City is, right? Oh, it's, it's this. I heard Salt Lake City's that. And then I take them into the woods and they go, oh, shit, this is crazy. You just let your dog run? Yeah. Oh, wow. You just walk wherever you want? Yeah, dude, that's what we do. And you're like, how do you know where you're going to get home? I go, well, we're walking up. So I'm assuming if we walk down, we'll get back to where we started, you know? And then <laughs> I, I got a few overlooks that look over different spots in the city and look at different things. And and I, then I let them reflect on what the city has to offer and show them. But I, I keep them in the wilderness. So that would be like one of the first things that I do. As far as some of the, the features that we have here in Salt Lake, I, I really dig in like Red Butte Gardens. I like a lot. I think that's cool. I know that's kind of attached to nature, so I'm kind of skimping out of answering the question fully. But uh, the the museums, I think, are really cool. The, oh, man, I can't remember the name of it. But there is this one crazy cemetery I would take people to that has a lot of uh, LDS history in it and a lot of weird sculptures and, and monolith. And I think it's like, oh, I can't remember. Is the, I know with, the, there. with the Mark of the Beast? Is it the one over in the avenues there? Yeah, 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 yeah. That place is wild. Like, yeah. And that trips people out. I like to take people into the capital because I think a lot of people have never been in a city that is the capital of that state. And so going into the capital, having them stand in the middle of that dome and talk and, and hear how it changes the acoustics and, and to get them to kind of see like this is a big, powerful place that we live in. And it makes, I don't know, it, the laws are made here. Things are done. I like that. I like, I like showing them stuff like that. Um, the avenues is definitely really cool. Taking them around there and, and any of the parks that we have, that's, those are probably some of the things that I like to do the, the most. I'm currently plant-based. So a lot of my friends hate me because I don't eat meat, but I try to show them a few of the plant-based places that I go to that I think they'd be like, they would enjoy. One of them I'll give a shout out to is a uh, little Lotus over there in sugar house. It literally has the best macaroni and cheese I've ever had in my life. And it's not really? dairy. Yeah. And it's plant-based. It's like a trip. And so I'll get it for people and I don't even tell them it's plant-based. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. And I go, yeah, it's plant-based. And they're like, I hate That's you. That's rad. <laughs> well, that, that, that is another question that I ask here is like one or two favorite local eating spots. So do you have like another favorite local eating spot since you gave them a shout out? When I was eating meat, when I lived here, Caputo's. 
I I okay. love Caputo's Ooh, downtown. Yeah. Caputo's is unreal. Uh, it was just really good. I just felt that uniqueness that you would feel in like an, uh, a northeastern city if you went to like a deli. You know, I just I like that. I like the vibe. The one they got in Holiday is awesome too. And they just like they provide great meats and and cheeses. And I traveled the world, so looking at some of the the stuff that they got in the deli, I'm like, oh, I know that. Like I know where that's made, or I've seen that, or I've had that there. And it's just really cool. And the staff is super knowledgeable too. And it's just fun to hang out. Pre-COVID. Sorry. Yeah, but Dude, now it's been a few years since I've been to your area of town, but is Hector's still over there by you? Yes. And it's amazing. But here's the thing with Hector's. Like if you need to go to sleep, go get some Hector's. Like if you're done with work and you need to like relax. Get some Hector's because that even the chips and salsa will put it on you. It's like it's like a, your mom petting you to sleep, like it just <laughs> and cooing you. Like it's just so good. It's not heavy, but something about it makes you go, "Yep, time for a siesta." Yeah, nice. Yeah. I was just wondering if it was still over there. You know that that was the spot, man, back in the day. It was. Like it was. Spot. What have you guys noticed? Like, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people with COVID going on. Like, I mean, a lot of restaurants are kind of like they're getting hit hard. Is there, is there some that people have talked about that are no longer around that you know of, or that people are missing? Did I miss out on stuff that, that I didn't get when I lived here or that I moved here later? I know that is happening. It's been really hard to keep yeah, track. Of. I don't have a list of this restaurants that have been closing. Um, yeah. And it, it's fluctuated so much during the course of the year that it's kind of like, I it would be interesting to see if we can track yeah, and I don't want to just start okay. rattling off names that I think. I know, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, no, no. Like, okay, like you're right, you're right. A rumor. The other one, the other one that I can say that's great when you're you're going out to go get something is uh, Whiskey Street. I always like that. I like oh, that they're yeah. able to Ooh, be there. Yeah. I, I love I love that place and their vibe too. So that that's that's just like a really solid like you're coming in for a day or two. Let me take you over here. Let's grab a bite and let's just walk through the town a little bit. Is there anything that you would change about Salt Lake City? One or two things? Like, let's say you had that ability to change something. Would you? The only one that I think I would change, because I think a lot of people would go for this, but I think mine has like a small little iteration that I would change. I know that a lot of people talk about the liquor laws. I don't mind them. Like, I like it. And, and there's so many reasons why I won't get into them. But the one thing I would change about the liquor law is that I would like for it if I wanted something it would be easier for me to order it and get it. That would be it. If I had a specific whiskey or a type of tequila that I had seen and wanted, I'd like to get that. The fact that they only allow certain brands and certain, I, yeah, I guess brands would be the name, of of liquor in their state-run stores, I think a lot of people are missing out. If they're worried about people just getting floored all the time, if you provided us with a wide variety of liquor, then we're not getting floored we're, we're trying new things. We're seeing where they work in our life. Like I have sipping tequilas that I would never mix, right? So if I'm sipping a tequila, I have a certain event or a certain vibe that I'm trying to set. I've got a sipping whiskey that I really like that only goes with certain types of food. And I like those pairings. I like doing that because the liquor laws are so difficult that we tend to bring more people inside of our house to have a good time. I would like better liquor or more variety to better host. I think that would be the only thing I change. I would change. I like that we have such tight laws because I think it keeps a lot of people out of here too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Kind of scares you, people away. They're like, to really want to live here. Wanna, I'm going to go over to Colorado where I can smoke weed, you know? Yeah, that's fine. They got a state for you. Go for it. 
<laughs> now, how can let's let's run down the list how our listeners can get a hold of you in the address of your shop and the website and sure. social media, all that. What's how can people get a hold of you? One of the one of the easiest ways, and I think everybody pretty much has it, is that Instagram is great. So it's the Hive underscore SLC. Fantastic way to showcase all of our artists and all of our very current work. The website is thehiveslc.com. Um, my personal page is Mason Atlas, uh, like the book. So M-A-S-O-N-A-T-L-A-S. And with that, we've got a lot of really cool ways that we can help the customers communicate. Uh, and we really pride ourselves on being able to have like a strong communication with everybody. And and those would be the best ways. I'd love it if everybody could stop by. That's kind of the way we used to do it. We can't now, but if somebody wants to, let us know. We love having people come check the place out. We love having community. We just have to communicate a little bit about it so we're not putting anybody in danger. It makes complete sense. Makes complete sense. Was there anything that you were hoping that we would talk about before we completely you know, wrap this episode up? Why the microphones are still hot and everything? You know, I wanted to have a couple lists of things that I thought would be cool for us to cover. And, and we kind of got to a few of them. The one thing that I would like to maybe express is that I want to let everybody know like how much hard work is going on here at the shop, not just from me, but me leading it. I have such a strong community of artists that I work with. And now we, we have more artists coming in. So our community is really growing. We're, we're very inclusive. We, we support a lot of uh, very unique endeavors that people are trying to go out there and do. And we used to do dirty drag bingo every sun every, or sorry once a month on sunday where we would have sister molly mormon would come out and host drag bingo she would perform and we would play bingo and uh, blue boutique would help supply some of the prizes for bingo so we would have sex toys as prizes for bingo and it was a great way to just have Anybody and everyone come out and just really enjoy, I don't know, just being silly on a Sunday. That sounds Dude, like I an awesome it. night out. I love it. I love it. I'd totally go to that. Oh my gosh, I would, I would totally too. go to that. I w- I, and that's that's the thing I miss the most. That's the thing I wish we could have talked about. But the way life is right now, that having that kind of community is just difficult. And so I just want to express how, grat- like, how grateful I am for you guys building this community in the Salt Lake City area to to showcase people like myself and and some of my friends that have been on your podcast, uh, the people that I work with and how hard they're trying to do this. And then the people that have trusted us that have come into the shop and realized that we're not just a tattoo shop, that we're a creative group of people that want to see people excel. I, I can't say enough thanks to them for really believing in it. I love that. Thanks for being a promoter of our community and keeping keeping a, everybody's um, morale alive. Yeah. You know, I think that's really important this year. It's cool to hear that you're actively working on stuff like that. I want my local card. I want, I want to be a local. So I'm, I'm working hard and I'm trying to do it honestly, but I want to be, I want to be a reason why Salt Lake City is amazing. I want my family to be a part of why Salt Lake City is amazing. I want them to go out, travel, whatever they do, but always give Salt Lake City this very strong, powerful vibe that people are catching on to now. But I want to be a part of it. I want to make sure we direct where the city goes in the way that we want it to have happen. And that's, that's why I'm here. And that's why I do what I do. Cool, cool. Chrissy has a final question that she asks everybody that comes through here, Mason. I'm going to have her ask you it. You ready? You ready for the final question? (laughs) I'm cracking my knuckles. I'm ready. (laughs) You're ready? So if you could leave, well, you will leave a final um, 
piece of advice or a life motto with our listeners, what would you tell them? Set your alarm clock five minutes earlier and add one more step to your day. Thanks again to Mason Atlas for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes on our podcast website, which is at IamSaltLake.com slash 469. That's for episode 469. All right. It's the first episode of the month. February 1st is when this episode is technically going live. So we got to talk about our awesome Patreon supporters. I love our Patreon supporters, and uh, every time I read this list, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys, you guys keep me going, keep the podcast going, keep my heart nice and fuzzy and warm. Uh, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to IamSaltLake.com slash Patreon. It will forward you to Patreon uh, website, and that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, kind of a goofy name. But uh, don't tell <laughs> but them <it> there. <laughs> so we got a brand new Patreon supporter, Jeremy Hunt. I want to mention him first thing. And then Jen Seals, Mark Copeland, Nick Naylor, Brett A. Schmidt, Todd Bjorkland, Tim Haran, Michelle Stevens-Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Eric Tomorrow from Mediocre Show, Nicole Davison, Three Irons SLC, they've been a supporter for a while, and then Nikki Line over there in New Zealand, Nikki and John, and then the very awesome Ryan Prince. What a great group of people. We'd love to have your name, though, in there, you know? Oh, absolutely. Join the family. Yeah, and we're working, uh, just a little bit of a heads up, we are working on getting some video that's going to be kind of behind the scenes for our Patreon supporters. So we're trying to figure out uh, getting all the getting all the logistics of that set up. So hopefully yeah, that so will be set up to, in guys. the next couple of weeks. And one last thing I want to mention, my podcast class starts this week. So if you're listening to this before February 2nd, I think is my podcast classes. It's a Tuesday night. I think you can still sign up for the class. And if you don't sign up, then I think I'm doing another one like in June or something. So keep your eyes out for that. And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Hey, if you guys are on Instagram, make sure you're connected with us. Our username is I am Salt Lake. Yeah, go like some pictures and go yeah. uh, go share some or something. Say hi to us, wave. Hey, and you have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local, and we're going to see you next week on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake podcast. And good night, Grammy.